Don't go through the front door. It's low key at the night show. I'll be waiting there with my trips, my looks, my hat, just so I'm low key. That purple drink, girl, this ain't no any. She's saying if it ain't do, say she won't sip it. All right, so back on my bullshit for another episode. This is Connecticut's most controversial podcast. This is the Domino Effect. I go by the name of Domino, and as usual, I am without a co-host. You know, sometimes you can't bring everybody with you. Got to leave some niggas behind. But because I am without a co-host does not mean I am without a guest. Guest I have today, you see it in the motherfucking description. Let's see. We got Duce Palooza's own Beats One's own. Yeah. Trap Karaoke's own. Yeah. Howard uh, University graduate, the real HU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got motherfucking Low Key in the building. What's poppin'? What's good? Low Key, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm chilling, man. Just got a haircut. Uh, Fresh bald, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, chilling, man. Just regular Wednesday. Mm. Nothing, nothing crazy. You ain't got shit to do today? Just uh, I mean, like, I got my haircut. You know, I, I cleaned up the apartment before I go to Chicago tomorrow. Mm. Um, oh, so. shit, yeah. It's a little light today, you know what I mean? This okay. is the only thing on my schedule, so. All right. You know? Appreciate you for coming down, man. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what's your IG? Because I'm trying to do a little. Uh, HK underscore Domino. Gotcha. And right. then the podcast is Domino underscore Effect underscore Podcast. There it is. All right. All right. So uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Where the fuck you get your podcast? We are there. Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. For any comments, questions, or concerns. If you want your question answered in the uh the what segment, I think that's the question answer segment. Yeah, the what segment, you can reach me there. It's Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. So now we got low key in the building. I ain't gonna really go over too many pop culture topics as I usually do. I'm just gonna get straight to the shit and uh-huh. get into low key business. Uh-huh. So um let's just start from the beginning. Okay. So where you from, Loki? Uh Jersey. South Jersey. Brunswick, well, born in Plainfield, moved to South Brunswick uh, when I was like eight or nine or whatever, mm-hmm. and I just, so I'm a Central Jersey native, um, went to Howard University, well, I went to Morgan State for two years, then I went to Howard after I transferred, graduated from Howard University with a bachelor's um, in broadcast journalism and a minor in secondary education, a lot of people don't know that. Okay. Uh, after that, you know, I uh, just did my website thing, you heard that, new.com, which, you know, uh it kind of blossomed into a job over at BT.com. Mm-hmm. Um, was a reporter, writer, journalist, whatever you want to call it. Got laid off 2011, and uh, I've been pretty much jobless or working on my own or doing my own thing. Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship till about 2015 when I uh, got signed up with Apple Music, uh, Beats One Radio. Been doing that for three years, but in between time, uh, created some cool parties and events with my man Cam, Kaz, Fox, uh, Benna, Rory, Chris Styles, Ravy B. I think it's an understatement, but all right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> some pretty cool little intimate gathering. With, you know, what was known as Honey Palooza, but is now known as Duce Palooza. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know, Open Bar Traveling Tour uh, event that has hit major markets all over the country for the last five to six years. Mm. Uh Alongside of that, Trap Karaoke, which is a karaoke um, user-generated concert for the people that can come up, sing their songs, rap their lyrics, um, get, you know, gospel, get drunk, be safe, meet, you know, the next man or woman of their life. Um, or oh, for the night. Or oh, for the night, you know, whatever, whatever, your, you know, whatever your flavor is, but 
with those both of those events, we promote safety within the black community. We promote, you know, positivity. Uh, and we promote entrepreneurship, black-owned businesses, both of them. And I'm glad to be a part of those. Um, and recently, I started my own podcast called Do It Scared, where, you know, mm-hmm. I'm uh, putting people on a platform of elevated status like Scotty Beam, Old Man Ebro, Jazz Waters, uh, best friend of mine. Um, who else? Uh, Rodney Vakai, Killer Camp, my, you know, my guy Cameron, mm. um, Irv, who started Brunch Bounce, um, and myself. And it's just it's a conversation about, you know, doing things that you're afraid of and the outcome and, and making sure that we let people know, no matter our status, no matter who we are. Oh, Karen Silver was on there, too. Mm. We still get scared of, our, of, of tasks put ahead of us. Mm. So I wanted to, you know, get these people... Uh, of relevant status and I wanted them to tell their stories of when they were scared and when they were doubtful when they were running up against you know obstacles and forks in the road and how they got through it because mm. often oftentimes um, you look on social media and people look at us and people you know of whatever and think oh they got it together they're never mm. scared everything is in line you know the alignment is crazy and it's no like we go through health issues we go through mental issues we go through personal financial and I wanted to get people um, that, you know, people really look up to and want to, you know, be like. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted them to be, you know, as as open, as honest, as transparent as possible. So um, and that's it's kind of therapeutic if you look at it in, mm-hmm. a, in a sense um, for me, especially. Um, but, yeah, that's 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 pretty much the long, the long, short version mm-hmm. of, of what I've been doing uh, for the past 10 years. All right, know. so interview over. Thank you for coming. <laughs> appreciate you, my nigga. Just told you a whole lot. I got no, no, I mean, like, it's their pockets of like, you can get into yeah, pockets yeah, I, of, I just, I'm just, I, I just gave you the bullet points of yeah. like where you can go now. You know what I mean? So. Now, um, I don't know where I want to start. So you mentioned Duce Palooza, yeah. uh, Do a Scared. Well, let's start with Do a Scared. Okay. Since we're doing a podcast right now. Right. What scares low key today? Oh, that's a good question. I like that. Um, What scares low key today is reinventing and rebranding myself because things move so fast mm. and things um everything is not looked at how it used to be everything is microwavable mm, nowadays yeah. you understand what i'm saying yeah, like yeah, everything yeah. from the music to the personalities to the culture everything is microwavable and it's very hard to keep people's attention especially when you've been in this game for over 10 years and you understood what it was mm. and now to see what it is and it's not a knock on whomever's doing anything now it's mm. not a knock on where the game's going to go but you know a person like myself you know you really got to your next move really has to be your best move mm. it can't be no cookie cutter shit it can't be no for the moment shit it's got to be some shit that's going to last mm. and it's got to be some shit at least for me because i'm getting older you know yeah. what i'm saying like a lot of the shit that the kids and niggas that are 10 years eight years five years younger than me mm. i can't i can't get into that i can't be in that mind frame i can't speak that language mm. i can't talk that lingo have I you can't, ever tried or you just i said, just fuck I, it not try but it's like this is knowing being knowing yourself mm. and watching niggas try it who mm. are your age who are in the same bracket as your age and try it and it's like that's what that looks like like ebro nah e- see like that's the misconception <laughs> of ebro now nah, e- him and that takashi shit kind of rubbed me the wrong way i'm, I'm not gonna and lie. W- okay so let, let's talk about that in what way the fact that you know you know what this kid is doing you know he's a troll and then the man gets sent away and then you go on your twitter and you said he sucks Dingaling donkey balls or, or gorilla balls or some shit well, like was that. He, ta- he was talking about the music, right? Yeah, he's talking about the music. But Everything is subjective when it comes to the music, no matter if you're in prison or not, right? Yeah, but but to criticize that man while he's down, like I think any bad talk or negative talk towards Takashi now is kind of like 
Y'all niggas could have said this shit when he was out. See, now I could understand if that if it just started now. Mm. Ebro's been on that man's <laughs> tail f- for the last 12 to 24 months. Yeah. So it's not like he got picked up by the feds and all of a sudden this Ebro brigade of like, yo, that's what you get. Not even that's what you get because yeah. he's not even saying that now. But like you played yourself, you had the people around you, you wanted that gangster image, now you got that gangster problem. Mm. He's been saying that for... Before Summer Jam, and mm. I and and I'm not just saying that because Ebro's my big homie, but it's just like he's kept that same energy. And at times I'd be like, all right, lay off the kid. Like it's you yeah, know it's sometimes like he's trolling whatever. But Takashi's done you know his fair share of bullshit towards Ebro too. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like you can't troll if you can't troll troll and then not expect to get trolled. Yeah, you're right. You understand? Like that's just, that's just the nature of the game. And they're both trolls, mm. and they both like the attention. And they both want the biggest reaction from whoever they're trolling. Mm. And that's just what it is. It just so happens, unfortunately, Takashi got caught up in some bullshit. Mm. And and it's not like people weren't telling him. Like, yo, Fat Joe tried to tell him. Swiss yeah. tried to tell him. Ebro tried to tell him. Everybody was telling this kid, like, bro, like, we've seen this story Chill before. We've seen this. Like, Fat Joe was like... My nigga, like, I've been in your shoes. The feds was on me, and I was wilding, this, that, and the third. Like, you're a target. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So, like, to bring it back to Ebro, it's almost, it wasn't like I told you so, but it was like, this is this is a cautionary tale yeah. of what happens when you get involved in the wrong crowd mm. and you get involved with the wrong people. These are the things that will transpire no matter who you are. Mm. And, like, these, the feds, when the feds are on you, not the NYPD, not the LAPD, mm. not the Atlanta PD. We talking about Homeland Security. We talking about the, these are the alphabet boys. Right, yeah. They're, I don't, it don't matter who you are right. or how young you are. You can only run with And so the long. fucking, and the crazy part about it is Takashi left all this shit on social media. They all did. Mm-hmm. Shoddy, that whole crew left all this shit on social media. Mm. And it's like. How much compassion can you give to someone when you're blatantly giving the evidence and you're laying it out day by day, event by event, all this shit? It's like what how else do you how how do you like how do you fold that? What I else? Mean, but do we blame the puppet or the puppet master? Because we all know Takashi ain't do this show on his own. Like somebody had to be in his ear, like telling him half of this shit to do, post this, say this, act like this. I can't I can't I can't sit here and and, and believe that that kid is that dumb. I can't believe he's that dumb. I can't. I. I can't. I, can't, I, I cannot <laughs> I mean, believe that that kid is that dumb. Where he didn't know what was going on around him. I mean, when he went on the Breakfast Club and he did that interview, then a few days later he gets caught up. It had. It. it, it, he it yo, he's not dumb. He's. He was because no one was telling him shit. Mm. No one was telling him, yo, you wildin', or he didn't listen. Because he thought he was untouchable. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. So now, oh, like, either he got he got tipped off that these niggas was coming for him, mm-hmm. or something happened where he was like, oh, I can't. Like, I got I to accept. Coincidentally, two days before you get picked up by the feds, you fire Shadi and everybody. Mm-hmm. You ain't stupid. Like, I'm not, I don't, 22, 18, 26, niggas is not dumb. If you can, if you, if you can cash a check, if you can get a deposit, mm. if you can get bank information, if you can get a manager, like, you ain't dumb. You just don't care. Fame, fame will come at you quick. I will agree to that. And sometimes you get caught up in the whole whatever. I get that. I understand how that. that. I mean, but if niggas been telling you, telling you this shit for months and months on end, like this willful ignorance has to Bro, has to go away at what, some like, point. Like what is, it didn't ever go away. What do you? So what do you like? How can you f- not? 
how can you feel compassion when you like I, I get you, you. Throwing, <laughs> you throwing this shit at us every day yeah. you throwing it every day telling YG to suck your dick mm. telling JR Prince I don't got to check in telling niggas in Chicago I'm in fucking wherever he was mm-hmm. it was either going to be them niggas going to kill you or the feds going to get you yeah. and fortunately the feds got you because one of the niggas was going to kill you yeah cuz you was being OD disrespectful at this point I'm scared of like copycats though like I don't want nobody to follow this Bro, same I like can't, yo, thinking and I, like I'm, I I'm had a year of my life and then I don't want over. anybody I don't want anyone to go to jail I don't want anyone to die but mm-hmm. I do want niggas that think that he was the blueprint to the to the to the fast come up Learn to understand that this is what ha- this is what's going to happen mm. and it don't matter how many 10 for 10 billboards you got it don't matter if you the so called king of new york it don't none of that shit the feds don't care about none of that shit mm. they say he was wreaking havoc on new york city there are people who wreak havoc on small towns yeah, <laughs> nigga, how you wreaking? How do you get labeled as I mean, wreaking havoc on one of the biggest cities in the world? What four uh, shootings? And what robberies? Robberies and conspired drug? Like you telling all? You attached to all of those charges? Yeah, that's come on, like bro, that's that's a, that's you got a you called a Rico? And the, yeah, that was, niggas ain't heard of a Rico charge since 1949. Like mob shit. Yeah, like that's that's what I'm saying. Like you can't be that dumb and not know something's going on around you. So um, it's like, so when Ebro says it's like, bro, like, we tried to tell you. We tried, tried to tell you. So. All, right. All right, so let's just rewind real so, quick. I'm still so. unfortunate, but, you nah, know. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Yeah. So how was it growing up in Jersey, first of all? Oh, nigga, it Seven. wasn't nothing growing up in Jersey. Like, it was I, I, when, Well, I grew up in Plainfield, but mm-hmm. I was young. I was like, you know, I was like four, five, six. But it was bad. Like, and it, it, like we didn't live in, like, the, the projects, but we lived in, like, in a neighbor, like a neighborhood that, you know, the neighborhood across from us yeah. was, you know, and so my parents knew that, and because they had been there way before I was, when mm-hmm. I was born, so they, um, they were like, "Nah, we out." So we moved to Princeton. It's like the borderline of Princeton, South Brunswick. If anybody knows Central Jersey, okay, they know how close those uh, two townships are. So I, I grew up uh, in a predominantly white um, community. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Indians, a lot of uh, Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I graduated high school. And went to college that a lot of the African American communities um, started that, to migrate over to my neighborhood. Is that why you went to Howard? What? Because you grew up in a town with full of like. Well, no. Guys. Well, my dad went to Morgan State. Okay. Yeah. And I got a partial scholarship to Morgan State through my church. Mm-hmm. So, but my my first my first uh, selection was Howard. Okay. Because I did a I did a program I did a summer program at Howard, and like I loved it, mm. but my grades weren't strong enough. But my grades were strong enough for the the scholarship that I got, so I took that. Uh, did two years at Morgan State, um, got my grades up, and left, mm. and went to Howard, and then I pursued my radio career. That's where the radio, the love for radio, started. Okay. Um, but yeah, growing up in Jersey, it was like I was a, I was a quiet kid. Like I played basketball for four years, mm. didn't get in no trouble, didn't drink, didn't smoke, mm-hmm. you know, didn't do. So what started you drinking? <laughs> I didn't start drinking until after college. So after college, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. I drank pina coladas and Arbor Mist in college. Yo, a chick must have put you on to that shit, like to start. My no, my my parents, like my okay. pa- I, I started drinking with my parents because my my parents were, you know, they they drink, mm. and on Sundays, me and my dad would drink. My dad would drink pina coladas. He give me a virgin pina colada, mm. and I would drink that every Sunday because I'm sure it was good. Yeah, yeah. So when I got old enough, one time he was like, "All right, I'm gonna let you try it." Mm. So he gave me 
an actual pina colada. Now mm. shit was crazy. That was my first taste. Yeah, like, <laughs> he was like, that was my first taste of um, in this. Yeah, like that's my first taste of liquor. And then um, because I was older when I transferred to Howard, like I was, you know, in the dorm that I stayed, and I got cool with these chicks that were younger than me. Mm. Um, you know, I would sneak off and like get them liquor. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So got you. You know, but yeah, I didn't. A lot of people would be surprised that I never, I wasn't a big drinker at all. I didn't party at all at mm. Howard. Like radio, making beats and selling CDs was my thing. Oh, so you was a producer. At one point. Yeah, a beat maker. I'm a producer. Beat maker. That's I don't want. Like <laughs> you don't want to touch. Yeah, that I don't want to touch. Yeah, like, I don't nah. want to touch that time. I ain't, I ain't one of those. But yeah, I made yeah. beats. I made beats for two years in college. Got one of my songs played on WPGC down in Maryland. Okay. Um, but yeah, producer is what I wanted to do first. Mm. But I just couldn't. The upkeep for the equipment, my computer was just too much at the time, and mm. my parents weren't funding it, and I wasn't making enough money. Mm. But yeah, I always was. I know how to work Pro Tools. I used to have Reason Two Point Five. I was at the time I was a master at Fruity Loops. Like I was nice with it. Like yeah, I, yeah. yeah I was cool with it. But because I couldn't do it, then I I fell on the radio mm. and like the website, you know, blogging and like internet shit, like. That's when I started to fall in love with the internet. But yeah, like my first two years at Howard, nigga, I was making beats and peddling CDs and mm. selling. I had the black album two weeks before it came out. Like I was the I was the plug. <laughs> like yeah, I was the plug. Like if you ask anybody that went to Howard, like went to school with me, mm. they know like I was the I was the big plug back then. But yeah, that's what you know. I always wanted to go to a black college. Like I said, my dad went to Morgan State, and Howard was just like something that blew my mind when I went to that summer program. So that shit was just like, oh, I gotta come back here. Mm. But my grades weren't strong enough, so I had to get my shit together. Mm. Got my shit together, went back down there, completed. I lost a year because of my credits um, didn't transfer. Oh, okay. So I had to do three years. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, it was the best experience of my life. Okay. So. All right. So you mentioned beat making and yeah and. Radio, so hip hop is kind of like your first love. I want to say, yeah, through my yeah. sister. My sister um, would always play Hot ninety seven. She always play like Monday Night Mixtape and Angel mm. Martinez and all that shit. Like, so I would steal her radio and put it in my room <laughs> and mm. like you know make mixtapes and make my own mixtapes from like K Slay and mm. uh, Clues Monday Night Mixtape Show and Flex's Top Eight at Eight. Like all that shit. That's right. where. All I tell you, I from. missed that shit. Yeah, like what? Recording shit like yeah. with the tape and the tape, bro. Deck, like DJ and producing is like those are my things like mm. and i felt like radio was like the one thing that kind of combined mm. the love for what i wanted to do or how i was trying to articulate my love um just talking about hip-hop and like making shit and producing mixtapes was like a thing of mine so i did that shit in high school did it in college and you know now playlists are yeah playlists are yeah, thing now. yeah so when we record this, it's November. I'm probably gonna put this out next week sometime. Mm-hmm. So this month we celebrated the 25th anniversary of albums like The Midnight Marauders, mm-hmm. Thirty Six Chambers, mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. Mm-hmm. What was the first tape that you owned or had for hip hop? Yeah, I was a late bloomer, so I'd say the first, the one I first one I bought with my own money was uh, Mace Harlem World. Harlem World, okay. Yeah. It's not a bad pickup. Yeah, that was the first. I remember, yeah, that was the first one I bought with my own money was Mm. Maze Harlem World. But I remember I would go to, like, Sam Goody, Radio Shack. Um, There's another store that was always popular in the mall. I think it's Sam Goody. Um, And I would just buy the the cassette tapes, Mm. like a big bag of them. Mm. Like the big fucking six-pack. The big six-pack, yeah, yeah. And I'd be heartbroken if I ever go to, like, to CVS or, like, whatever and they be gone Mm -hmm. but that's like i would make tapes from there and like just give them to my sister or sell them to my friends but 
yeah, the May shit was because you would go to you would go to like the Sam Goody and you would get the singles mm. for like ninety nine or a buck ninety nine whatever, or then you get the maxi singles for four ninety nine. Mm. Um, but then like you would get like the B side shit, like the instrumentals and shit. Mm-hmm. That's where I would start to fall in love with production because mm-hmm. I would just listen to the instrumentals like on my cassette tape, mm. and I was just like, oh, this beat sounds crazy. Like I wonder how they made it, but I just remembered like getting out of my house and not waiting for Apple Music or Spotify or Tidal every Friday or, like, every Monday or whatever, every Saturday going to the flea market to get, you know, a DJ Clue tape or Cutmaster C or Big Mike or Envy or whoever. Mm. Um, those are the days, like, I fell in love with it. Because, like, just mixtapes is when I really, really, really was like, oh, like, this is new shit every, like, where the fuck is this shit coming yeah, from? Yeah. And then Clue and then Envy and then, you know, all those, Clay Slay and all those guys. I was just like, I want to do what they do. I want to give new music to the people. Mm. I want the same feeling that I have. I want to give that, that feeling. Thing. Yeah, I want to give that feeling. I think that's where my, my um the hip-hop website, the You Heard That New came. Now, what happened to You Heard That New? Because it kind of just I mean, away. you got to think about it. I started You Heard That New back in 2005. Yeah, like 10 years. Yeah, it's been like 13 years. Yeah. And I've been a very prevalent figure in the blog era. And I could say that with confidence because I birthed a lot of you know bloggers. Mm-hmm. I birthed I birthed a lot of sites. Yeah, talk your shit, man. Yeah, no, I mean I have like I've I birthed a lot of sites and I birthed a lot of you know personalities in mm-hmm. regards to like online personalities. And it comes to a point where it's like, all right, like I did what I did, and niggas know my repertoire, niggas know my resume, and it's just like, all right, cool, like you just we on to something else. Like I don't. So you had no like. So you didn't want to create any online content when that started getting popping, like, you know, what uh, Genius does now, stuff like that? You know? I mean, like, I did, what I did was I was responsible for exclusives. Like, Wright was responsible for his editorials mm. and his his thought, his his opinion, his, his, his you know, his masterful craft of hip-hop knowledge. Mm. And I wanted to be that, but I knew I wasn't that knowledgeable as he was. Like, mm. he was in the trenches. Yeah. And he really, like, you would go to his site to, like, you know what I mean? Like, really. Yeah, like the, like the- yeah. And, like, but I admired that. So I was like, okay, I can't do that. But I have this angle of getting exclusive content. So I'm like, all right, since he's lacking in that area, I'm going to pick up in that area. So that's where I came in, what you heard that new. Mm-hmm. Because I had so much access with so much new music. That nigga was just like, who the fuck is this low-key kid dropping music and leaking music? Like, that was my thing. I was the kid that leaked music. Yeah, now, how'd you get access to this exclusive music? Because I used to work at Bad Boy. Mm-hmm. I used to work at Bad Boy Records um, when I was in college. I did an internship, and a friend of mine who worked in A&R, well, first, I knew a lot about the underground, you know, bo- anybody who knows blogging knows what boxing is. Mm-hmm. That's where you got a lot of your music. Okay. It just so has like a big hip hop form. Mm. So I was like an OG member on there. So I'd be able to get a lot of shit and post it on my site and, you know, put it on a radio station when I was in college or whatever. Mm. So when I got people to understand that, you know, I was one of those guys, people would start feeding me music. Like DJs in New York mm. and like managers and then, you know, artists. Because a lot of the times back then, niggas didn't want to leak music because they weren't sure about how the song would right, do. Right. So they didn't want to be responsible for shit. Mm. So they would give it to us. They'd be like, oh, let them leak it. And if mm. it doesn't, if it flops, then we can blame it on them. If right. it doesn't, we can be like, oh, yeah, we gave it to them. So mm. what? Like, there's a whole fucking mastermind yeah, yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we can go on that later. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just work at Bad Boy. A friend of mine has stolen Mace's comeback album. 
Cause he worked, yeah, he's, yeah, he used to work in A and R. He used to work in A and R. He went to school with me, yeah, and he gave me the project. Mm. It was like unfinished, whatever, and I gave it to a couple DJs in New York. I'm not gonna name them. They're on radio stations. Did you get niggas beat up, man? Nah, okay. nah, nah. it wasn't serious. It wasn't that serious. Okay, it's also niggas didn't know who, what, how it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there was no paper trail when it happened. Mm. So yeah, so then niggas was like, oh, he can get shit. So then they started giving me shit. And because I they, because at that time a lot of DJs didn't know how the underworld of the internet worked, mm. so they were like, "How are you getting leaked music, or how are you getting this shit, or how whatever?" I would get it, post it on my site, and then you know some DJs would pick it up off of mixtapes or Tape Masters Inc. Uh, Wex and uh, and Lex. These these dudes were like the underworld kings, oh, and, and and Big Mike and Fat Matt, all these guys. Mm. When they would put tapes out, they would give me songs first. Mm. And I would get post them on my site, and then like their tape would come out. Mm. But that was promotion for their tape, because that was in the blogs. Or they were starting to pop. Right. So like my first two or three years of You Heard That New were like, just like, this nigga is just killing shit. Like, this is the nigga to go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So with that, that's when it led to the BET shit, because mm. people kept telling like, who the fuck is Lil' Key? Who the fuck is Lil' Key? And how's he getting this music? And this, that, and the third. Me leaking music got me a fucking corporate job, mm. which is still unreal to this day. But now, now what'd you do at BET? I interviewed artists, um, wrote daily news stories. Like if something happened, like would, like if Takashi got arrested, I'd have to write about that story. Right, right. Or if like you know the Carters drop a new album, I'd have to report about the album. Mm. I'd interview artists from because like our building was right across the street from I was BET.com, and then BET was right across the street, and they had. Um, that was when 106 and Park. So they would send me over there to interview the artists before they before they would appear on 106 and Park. So I was doing that shit. Okay. Then I would travel. You know, I do listening sessions. You know, industry events, all that. You know, industry shit back then. Mm. That's yeah. when I really, really started drinking <laughs> yeah. during the open bar parties and like all that. Oh, man, listen, I was. Mm. You thought niggas is wild now. <sighs> okay, so since we talk about drinking, so let's let's go to Duce Palooza. Right? Yeah. So. Duce Palooza started as Henny Palooza in 2012, I want to say. In the 2012, December 2012 was when we first, that was our first event. And it started as like a like a house gathering, like like a house Bro, party like, like I say, every time it was a house party, the only requirement was chicken and beer. No, not chicken and beer. Shout out to Ludacris. Chicken, <laughs> <laughs> chicken and Hennessy. That was the only requirement for entry. Fucking niggas. That's literally why, and like it's the most racist thing to look at, but it's like... like <laughs> It's blatant, like, it's blatant racism, but that's what it was. Like, we couldn't afford to go to the clubs. It was around New Year's Eve. Niggas didn't have money. Niggas wasn't trying to go to fucking Manhattan and spend $500 on a bottle, $100 to get in. And then, you know what I mean? Like, nah. So, niggas was like, Cam has an apartment. He had an apartment at the time where it had a baby shower room where mm. it had two floor, it had two levels. It had the regular room and it was a, it was a basement. Mm. He was like, yo, send a text to everybody, all the girls you know. Tell them to bring a bottle or chicken, and we we gonna chill. It's gonna be a game night. Mm. People start showing up. You know, everybody's grooving. We playing beer pong. Niggas playing Connect Four, Space, whatever. My boy Kaz was like, "Yo, we should move the tables, turn the lights out, mm. and turn the music up." Right. Like, all right. Like by this time, niggas is drunk, and niggas like, all right, fucking whatever. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> so at that time, I think it was Genius and Austin. Um, one of them was DJing and. From that point off to like three, four in the morning, like we was jamming, like just 
dancing. Like, you know, niggas are sweating and it's hot. Like, we ran out of chicken. We ran to the <laughs> store. Store ain't got no more chicken because everybody would go to the store before they came to the yeah, party. Yeah. So they ordering all this chicken. And it just, like, it turned into a, it was safe, no fights, no nothing like that. It just turned into, like, this big, fun-ass game night. And mm. me, Cam, and Fox, another one of our business partners, woke up the next morning. And we looked behind the, like, the little makeshift bar we made. And it was, like, 85 bottles of Hennessy. God damn. Just empty bottles of Hennessy. And we like, yo, like, this is a thing. Like, Somebody we, got pregnant that night, I'm pretty sure. There was a lot of there was a lot of intercourse going on that <laughs> night. I will say that. Um, I was involved with, with some of it, but... I was a different man back then. Um, yeah, you got a couple babies out there hiking. No, 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 no baby. I don't have no babies. Um, but yeah, like that. That it was born then. Mm-hmm. It was born December twenty eighth. I want to say two thousand twelve. And Cam before Henny before hashtags were a thing. Mm-hmm. Like where we were, they, you would measure that as metrics. Yeah. Fox was like, "Yo, check the hashtag." And we looked. It said Henny Palooza, and people were like, "What the fuck is that? Why was I not invited?" And mm. We're I love Hennessy and this down at third and that's when we actually you know formally knew like okay we're gonna we're gonna do this again and we did it again and again and again, yeah, and, kept again. Going and we have not stops for the last six years. Like I remember seeing that hashtag when I was on Twitter. Like yeah. you know, I, I remember saying like what the fuck is Henny? That Palooza? was the was only like, question everybody like, had like, December 29th. What the fuck is Henny Palooza? It was just some wild shit. Yeah, we just it was fun. Yeah, our first actual gig like out of state was in like DC, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. what could have gone wrong did go wrong when y'all went Everything. to DC. So Everything. <laughs> so tell me a story about the first time y'all actually did it. First time we ever actually did do uh Henny Palooza in DC. Um, one, obviously, like I said before, I went to school at Howard. So mm-hmm. the previous year, I had hosted Yard Fest. And anyone that knows Homecomings or HBCUs know Yard Fest is a pretty big deal. So yeah, I was hosting yeah. it. I hosted it the year before we, we started. So I came back, and niggas was like, yo, you know, Lowe went to Howard, so we should, you know, do a we should do a Henny Palooza down there. Mm-hmm. Like, they know him. He does Yard Fest. He'll bring in the crowd, this, that, and the third. And people have been asking for it, like, yo, bring – Bring Henny Palooza to Atlanta or bring Henny Palooza to DC. Mm. DC's right there. I went to Howard. No brainer, right? Mm. So anyone who went to Howard knows Saturday is tailgate. Right. Right? So for the game, everybody's in the McDonald's parking lot. We turn it up. We drinking. We're standing at third. That's what we doing. Mm. Our parties at like five o'clock. We like, all right, we're gonna drink from like twelve to four and we're gonna have fun and we're gonna go to the party and do whatever we do. Little did we know. <laughs> We had to be functional to run this party. Right. So we get to the party. We're fucking smacked. You thought the party was going to run itself. And you just That's exactly what we thought. <laughs> we are smacked. Cam is smacked. Like, everybody that we know that was at that tailgate is smacked. Mm. So now, like, Cam is fucked up. And he fell down the steps. God. I don't know how. <laughs> so we put him in the corner and, like, Security, <laughs> like dead ass, like we put him in a corner, yeah, like he has to sit, like corner, trying to get, <laughs> trying to get him water and shit. Mm. So now, like security is taking money at the door. Mm. The music doesn't work. There's no Hennessy. We ran out of Hennessy. Okay. Hennessy music doesn't no come Hennessy. on until two hours into the party. Mm. But the crazy thing about it was, people stayed. People did not leave. People were in there just chilling. I mean, they pay. So what the fuck? I'm like, I, I right, but still, like, <laughs> if you go to a party, if you go to the club and you and two hours in, there's no music, what you going to do? It depends how how much I paid. 
I think it was like $25, $30. I might stay. And it's Howard Homecoming weekend, so you yeah, know there's so, a lot of other things to do. Yeah. That was a miraculous thing to me, that people had stayed, and people were still like just chilling, enjoying the environment, whatever, drinking, because like at that point, I think you could still bring your own liquor. Okay. Um, And, it, and niggas was chilling. It wasn't till like maybe an hour before the party was over, the music came back on, and you would have <laughs> thought that niggas was in there rocking the whole night the way they reacted when the music came on. Mm. And though that was probably our worst Henny Palooza, it was the best learning experience because we really, I think it was at that point we realized like if we're ever, if we're going to take this serious, mm. a lot of things have to change. Okay. The way we behave, the way we handle logistics, the way we handle details, the way we handle promotion, the way we handle ourselves, these are the key things that have to change because if they don't, we're going to drown in front of the entire world. Now, who had the business acumen to like be like, yo, we need to start treating this as a business and not just us just going state to state having fun? Cam and Benner. Mm. Cam and Benner. Benner comes from a background of like marketing and promotion and event um, organizing. Because um, he, I think he he was involved with the Wicked Well with another guy, uh, Jonathan Master. Mm. Um, so when we started doing Henny Paloozas at the Wicked Well, Benner would be very involved in, you know, head counts, mm. you know, liquor count, um, DJs, you know, set times. He would help with those logistics. And, you know, where areas was where Cam would lack, he would come in and pick up. Mm. Um, so I think, but we had the mindset to travel way before that. But the business part of it, the business part of it came from Cam. Benner came in and helped polish it. Okay. You know, so Cam was always, Cam's business acumen has always been bar none. Mm. He worked in finance. He worked in advertising. So he knew the pockets to, you know, that's why this is where it, what it is. But Benner came in and, you know, plugged the holes that, that, yeah, yeah. that needed help. But, you know, Benner has always been, Benner and Rory have been always, you know, great additions to, mm. to what this, this, um, this, this brand has become. Okay. Now, I'm finally going to my first Duce Palooza in December, right? This is your first one? My first one. Wow. So what the fuck should I expect when I go there? Don't wear those. Okay. Don't wear those. No Tims. Don't be wear those. No fruit. Don't wear any fresh pair of Tims. Be comfortable. Be very comfortable. Not yeah. even be comfortable. They're going to be shredded. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Their liquor, you know, foot marks, all that shit. Mm. Uh, I would expect you to, to, to confront a lot of, it's going to be a lot of good energy. Mm. Expect good energy because it's the holidays. We haven't had one in New York, an actual Duce Palooza in New York in over six, seven months. Wow. Um, this is going to be a very big statement for us. Mm. Um, actually, we haven't had a Duce almost a year. I'm sorry, not yeah, almost a year. The last one was, I want to say, last year. Yeah. It's been a minute. I don't. I, I, we can edit this, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. So the le the first one we did was the first one. Mm. Right? So now we've done a year. Okay. We've got an experience under our belt, mm. and now we're coming home. So this is, you know, it's it's a big thing for us, but you're going to enjoy the energy. You're going to enjoy the music. You know, the women are, it's New York City it's women. York, you know how that is. Nigga, what? Exactly. And then people from out of town, because you got to expect that it's the holiday, so people are home from out of town. People are visiting from yeah, out of yeah, town. Yeah. And they hear about this thing, 
and it's not a club thing, mm-hmm. and it's probably one of the only things moving in the city, mm-hmm. and it's with niggas that you know. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Tickets are $50. You're getting way more than $50 worth of liquor once you yeah. walk in this bitch. Open bar? What you think? Nigga, I don't. I haven't been. Oh, my fault. My fault. My fault. <laughs> I, haven't been. I, I take that know. back. I take that back. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely open bar okay. till till the boxes and the bottles are gone. But yes, I'd advise you to get there. Things start at four o'clock. I advise you to be there early if you want your fair share of liquor. Okay. If you want a good position in that in that spot, because it's at Hammerstein Ballroom, so it's a huge, 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 huge um, event space. Okay. But we got some surprises up our sleeves. It's going to be a little bit different because you haven't been to the ones where it's just like the building and the building. Like, yeah, yeah, and you've yeah. seen the progression, right? So when you get when you go there, you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, now your niggas in your back. So I guess right, so like, it's like, like, like the finished product. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's totally fine. It's totally fine. But you're yeah. going to enjoy it, and you're, and you're going to have a good time, and you're going to leave. I'm going to guarantee you're going to leave satisfied unless some bullshit happens, which I doubt. Okay. But you're going you're gonna to leave satisfied, and hopefully, you know, you leave with a, a young lady and- not if, I don't know if you got a girl or not, so no, I'm trying I don't. to. Okay. Oh yeah, then that's that's what I was planning to do. But yeah, you'll 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 leave with something nice. You don't got a girl, right? Nah. Okay, best nah, I can ask this. Boom. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> been doing this shit since 2012. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 2018. Mm-hmm. Six years. Mm-hmm. You got liquor. Mm-hmm. You got drunk women. Mm-hmm. You got drunk niggas. Mm-hmm. And you got an enclosed area. Yeah. What's the wildest shit that is well? One of the wildest things that have happened that you can actually talk about and disclose. To me? Or to this period? I mean, you. Okay, me. All right. Um, this story has been somewhat circulated. But I don't, well, I, I don't want to hear that one. No, well, <laughs> that's what... It's the. It's not It's not a big... It's something big with me. Like, me okay. and my friends talk about it all the time. Yeah, okay, go, go ahead. So this happened... Um, this happened in D.C. Mm. It's known as the curtain story. Okay. Uh, we were at Howard Theater, and a couple of our friends from New York had traveled down with us for that weekend. Mm. And a young lady at the time that I was dealing with had, you know, came through, came okay. down with us. Right. Um. Like so, you know, we're 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 there, and it was you know right before um we were at the tailgate, mm. and as usual, niggas was drunk, and you know. Having a good time, so her and her friend had they didn't have a wristband to to get backstage or like to get in our area, so I went and got them wristbands, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Set up a new one, yeah, you know, whatever. So I <laughs> got them their joints, and me and the young lady kind of like slid off to you know, yeah, behind the stage. And you know, when you're dealing with somebody and you're drunk and you're at a party, you know, y'all start you know being. Affectionate. Affectionate and yeah. affectionate times two led mm-hmm. to us going behind the curtain and doing some things that at the moment <laughs> weren't now okay. You know. So this is acceptable. So this is the curtain on the stage. This is the curtain on the stage. So like if he you're looking at Howard Theater, if you ever been to Howard Theater <laughs> Well, I love it when you call me Banana. If you ever been to Howard Theater, you know like when you when you're looking at the stage, it's, it has a huge like curtain that that outlines the stage. Okay. And you can enter the curtain at any point um on the stage. Mm. But it's so huge you don't know the entry points. Like mm. you can't see it. So we're like behind the curtain but like directly in the middle of the stage. Okay. So my job is at Henny Palooza or Duce Palooza is mm. the host. Host, yeah. Right? I'm the host for the five hours that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't hosting. 
Okay. So at the time, Bennett had was with us. Bennett was like, "Yo, it seems quite it's quiet." Okay. I think pretty. Yeah, I think Styles is with us too. Okay. And like, I don't hear low. Like, where? And it's it's like kind of early. It's like it's like mid party. So they're like, "Yo, where's low? Like, yeah. why isn't I don't we don't hear him?" Okay. And usually they can hear me. Like, you yeah, know, I'll be, somewhere you somewhere in yeah. the air they'll yeah, hear yeah. me. So Benner's like, I don't hear him. So everybody's like, yo, where's Lowe? Where's Lowe? So Benner looks. He just happens to look on stage because he was in the crowd. <laughs> and he sees the curtain moving. So Benner being the Benner being the curious white boy he is, <laughs> why is that curtain moving? <laughs> so he just moseys his curious ass on stage. That's how he would die in every movie. But okay. Yeah. Moses his curious ass on stage. Like, yo, what the fuck is that? Who is behind the curtain? Comes out. He peeks out. He peeks in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Lowe! And I just I I'm like, cause me and Shorty I'm not gonna say what me and Shorty were doing, cause that's yeah. you know I don't yeah, violate. No, no. yeah okay. But he was like, yo, what the fuck? And like me and her pop up, we were like, oh shit. oh shit. So like you know we get ourselves together. <laughs> she goes back to the backstage area. I go back to the DJ booth. I get the microphone, and I'm like, yo, we out of liquor. Party's over. Thank you for coming out. <laughs> <laughs> My nigga, you said y'all out of henny, bro. <laughs> It's like 7.30. It's like 7, 7.30. The party started at like at 5. We t- we two and a half hours in. I'm like, yo, we out of liquor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, thank you for coming out. Cam has never beelined it to me as fast as he did Dog, that night because money. You because he had like three football player-sized niggas like surround him like, yo, what you mean? We, y'all, what you mean to party over? We yeah, just got yeah. here, bro. We paid $50. He was like, yo, one minute. He beelines it to me. Nigga snatches the mic. He was like, go home. At the time, we had an Airbnb like mm. in the area. He was like, go back to the Airbnb. You're through. Like, you are too fucked up to talk <laughs> on this mic. Go back to the Airbnb. We'll talk later. Mm. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm not working for the night. <laughs> so I go and get shorty. I'm like, yo, we out. Mm. What made you snatch the mic? Like, what? Like he No, he snatched it from me. Okay. He snatched the no, mic. No, but what made you get on the mic and say, yo, there's no way I thought, I, like, I, my drunk ass thinking like, oh, we we done. <laughs> oh, we, oh, we done. Yo. <laughs> so he was like, yo, what are you doing? Like, yo, go get on the mic. And mm. so I'm thinking he means like, yo, let niggas know the party's over. Yeah, like, yeah. though he didn't say that. Yeah. My mind went just there. Thought, yeah, okay. So I got on the mic. I'm like, yo, we out of liquor. <laughs> party's over. Had a good time with John. Yo. Mid sentence, Cam was like, "Nope, nope." Gave that shit to Chris Styles, let him do his thing, mm. and yeah, that was pretty much the wildest. And then he came back to the crib that night. At, after that, it was funny. During the moment, it wasn't funny, but after that, <laughs> after, after that moment, after that, after the party was over, he comes back to the crib and he's like, "Yo, he was wild and this, that, and the third. Mm. Um, and it was funny, but he was like, "Yo," but like moving forward, he was like, "Yo, listen, like, I get it, you know." Girls are there, and you're drunk, and this, that, and the third, whatever, but you're one of the co-founders of this event. Mm. So whatever you do, reflects it on reflects on us, and people follow that. They follow suit. So mm. he was like, we got to be. And that's not a knock on me. He was like, it's not a knock on you. Like, we all get in our drunk spaces and forget where we are, and this, that, and the third, but because you're, like, one of the faces, mm. you got to be way more on point. You got to be way more you know, um, responsible in your liquor intake and this, mm. that, and the third. And it's, I mean, he's right. Like, it's not, yeah, it ain't no, like, damn, nigga, get off my back. It's like, nah, bro, like, you're right. You was wildin'. Like, you can't, you, we, can't we can't do that. Mm. You know, but, but we laughed about it afterwards. But it's like, business partner, business partner, mm. you gotta be like, yo, fam, like, get it together. Right. So, you know, that, that was the wild, it was, again, another learning experience. Mm. But that shit was fun. 
Has that's there ever been funny. any like male groupie shit? Like, yo, I went to school with nigga. Yo, with you know what it is? I hate <laughs> calling it male groupie shit. It's just nah, like niggas, niggas that niggas that, that fuck with you, niggas that support you, niggas that have followed you mm. from like your you heard that new days or your BT days or what or whatever, you know, niggas start following you on social media. Cause they feel like they follow your journey, they know you. Mm. So I've had people come up to me in various cities like, yo, I've been following you since the website. Yo, keep doing your thing, your inspiration, like anything I can do to support, you know, I mm. always pay for a ticket. Like niggas don't ask for free tickets and none of that shit. They just want to come and enjoy the vibe and be around niggas. And I don't call that groupie shit. Like I just call it like, yo, niggas know what it is. Because mm. I, you know, I, that's how I am with like maybe like an Ebro or like a Charlemagne or whatever. Like you want to be around niggas and you want to like support niggas. And you want to be like, yo, I, you want to give, you want to learn from niggas. You mm. feel what I'm saying? So like that's how a lot of people are with us. Like. With Raven, with Austin, you know, with Kaz, with, you know, even Peach, like, and Rory, like, now with Rory's newfound success, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. people love him. And it's so funny to watch him absorb that. Like, mm. we'll be out and they'll be like, yo, I love you, but yeah. Rory. But that's, that's just like, when you do dope shit, that's fucking you wild. get a dope response. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, it's fun to watch, you know, all of us, you know, understand what this journey has become and what it's and what it's meaning to other people mm. but it's no groupie shit i don't i don't ever want to call you know people who genuinely fuck with us groupies because it's like you know what groupie shit is yeah yeah you know that, that's that goofy shit like niggas is trying to get next to you but like niggas fuck like with niggas us. hop on stage try to yeah like i mean and niggas do yeah. do that but it's like that's just what happens like it's niggas is drunk like you got to chalk it up mm. you know what i mean like niggas want to try to get on stage niggas want to like because like it's a moment. Like you, you want to be seen. You want to be holding a bottle. You want to be, you know, you mm. want to be next to niggas. And I, you learn how to deal with it. At first, it's like, damn, niggas is like, bitches not even trying to get on stage. Or yeah. women, I'm sorry, women not even trying to get on stage. Nah, some, some women, some women do, but it's like, it is what it is. Like yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't, you know, pinpoint people and and call people out. It's just like, the moments give you that energy. Like I want to be what they're. I want to do what they're doing. Mm. I want to be. I want to have that energy. I want all eyes on me. So. I don't, I don't, I don't look at it as groupie shit. It gets out of hand sometimes, but you know, it's a casualty of war. Now you mentioned Rory, yeah. you mentioned Cam, and everybody else that's in like this Duce Palooza thing. Now, how do you? What's the question I want to ask? Like, how do you cherry pick these type of friends where like everyone is like fucking successful? Like Rory has the podcast now; he does his thing in the industry. Kaz, he's he's working for WWE. He yeah. does this. Cam is like the like the brain trust of the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. Like, how do you like, bro? I I we first off, we never knew Henny Palooza would in, evolve into this. That's the first thing, right? Second, I didn't know Ravy or I was hard. We I didn't know Raven would be yeah, torn like, with fucking, Future with, and with the Carters and, and like I, I didn't know Rory would have this mega multi-million dollar deal with Spotify. Mm. I didn't know Chris Styles would be one of the most, one of the premier hosts mm. in New York City that just inked his deal with Title a couple couple months back. Shout out to Trapping Anonymous. Yes. I didn't know fucking Peach would be who he is and one of the biggest graphic designers yeah, in, like, in the fucking like, just like some Justice League type bro, of shit. It's, like y'all niggas But <laughs> that's just that's it's, it's it's one of it's no it's two it's two things. It's it's God's grace. Mm. It's God putting you with people that you align with, and not just professionally, mm. it's personally. Um, and another thing is, it's like we know we know people who do dope shit. You know people who don't do dope shit. Yeah, but I don't connect with them niggas like that. It's like, yo, we might keep in contact. And but we, we was we were friends. We, we were friends first. 
Okay. That's all it was. We were like, me and Kaz were friends. Cam, me and Cam were introduced through a mutual friend named Della. Mm. Um, I've, we know Raven through Uptown, through Brunch Bounce, and through that crowd. Mm. Rory and Rory, Cam, and Styles were frat brothers. Yeah. Um, Peach, we just knew off the internet, and we just happened to snatch him up, and he was just the funny white boy in the crew. Right. Benner aligned with us when we started doing Wicked Well, and you know, again, another good friend. Austin, um, another frat brother of Cam, mm. Rory, and Chris. So they were already aligned before I even met any of them. Mm. Um, and you just like you fall in line with niggas. Like me and Austin, we travel with trap karaoke. Like we just we click. That's mm. just that's my guy, and we we know each other. Like if we do an event together and we're hosting and he's DJing, like. I can read that nigga. I already know what he gonna play, but he can. He knows what I'm gonna say, and mm. we can read each other like the back of our, our each other's hands. And Styles is like watching him grow. Mm. It's fun and watching and having the conversations and going through what we go through. It's just like that's you build a brotherhood in your own separate compartment with mm. all these people. Right. You feel what I'm saying? And it's just like God is like, okay, y'all need to be together. Figure out how y'all gonna yeah. coexist, but y'all need to be together. I, I think that's just what it was. That shit is special. It is, and we, you, I don't take it for granted. And I'm very thankful for everybody in my group and in our circle, and you know we support each other and we fight, we argue, just like friends and brothers and sisters, and that's just mm. inevitable. It's gonna happen, um, and we travel together, so it's like we know what the other person hates, we know what the other person likes, and what what their triggers are, what ticks them off, mm. and we've had these blow ups, and we've had these beefs, and we've had these arguments, but like who doesn't? Right. I'm sure Hove and Tata and all them niggas fight oh, all the time. Hell yeah. You feel <laughs> what I'm saying? So it's like it ain't it ain't not, we ain't no one special. We just we figured a way we figured out how to keep it special. Right. That's all. So you mentioned trap karaoke. Now, yeah. Is that like a child off of Do Say Palooza or is that like No, that's a entity? that's a completely separate brainchild okay. through Jason. Uh this kid named Jason. Um and you know, it's just it was karaoke. Mm. And you go to a karaoke bar and you don't see people of color on that list mm-hmm. and only people of color you see on that list is mc hammer and jay-z right yeah and maybe biggie stevie wonder type of shit. yeah, yeah right you don't see migos you don't see tip you don't right. see you don't see future jeezy mm. ugk outcast mm. you know i mean you don't see them so when you come to trap karaoke that's all you see hmm. you know what i mean young dolph memphis bleak mm. you feel what i'm saying like you, yeah. that's all you see and and you go to these respective cities with a large component of black culture Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit, Houston, um, Oakland. Mm. This resonates with them. This is something that's for them. This is special for them because they don't have that much. That they don't have these things that look like them out there, mm. except the clubs. And the clubs is fucking already racist anyway. Definitely. So we come there black as fuck, mm-hmm. unapologetically black, and chicken and henny. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> it's but they soak it up and we love it. They mm. love like it's just we're letting them be them. Mm. For four or five hours, y'all be be you. Yeah, be free. Just yeah, chill, get up there fun. and sing yeah. that Cardi B, suck my pussy shit, whatever the yeah. fuck it is you want. We're not going to judge you. Like, you, you being you. And, yeah, and if that's the song you, yeah. The Barbara Streisand. Man, you turn up that's the song Trina. you love. And, like, niggas coming in, they have hard days and, you know, they stressed and mm. family business and money issues. And Lord knows what niggas is dealing with outside and, and at their jobs. And mm. then you got the president talking crazy about people of color. And it's yeah. just like... Thing after thing after thing after thing, mm-hmm. and then you come to trap karaoke, and then like all that is just removed yeah, for, for four or five. At least that four or five. Four hours. or five hours. All that is if you celebrating that you got a degree, 
you're, we've had people get engaged on stage. Yeah, we've had that. Yeah, yeah, like it's a it's a cultivation of every type of celebration that you could think of that involves you. You just graduated. People that just finished chemotherapy. People mm. that just got you know. Some people celebrate they got divorced that they're they're rid of the <laughs> fucking bad energy yeah. they had. You feel what I'm saying? We've had mothers bring their daughters there. Mm-hmm. It does not matter. We limit no celebration when you enter that stage, and that's what that's what trap karaoke embodies, like the celebration of the black being. Mm. That's what that's that's how the best way I could put it. Does it still bug you out to take an idea from like the actual idea to like? to conceptualize it and then just to take it around the country? To no, be- it doesn't because it's needed. Mm. These ideas are needed. You understand what I'm saying? Like, these things are needed. A Duce Palooza is needed. Mm-hmm. Trap Karaoke is needed. You know, Trapping Anonymous is needed. These things are needed because it fuels the younger generation to let them know no matter what your idea is, there is a possibility that it could become a worldwide thing. Mm. And a lot of a lot of the time corporate structure stifles that Mm. and what we're here to prove is no matter corporate no matter on your own you can build it you can dream it and you can facilitate it solo or with a group of your friends and that that misconception that you can't make money with your friends is a fucking myth that's an urban legend Mm. you know like that i'm making money with two different groups of friends and i feel like i'm doing pretty well right you know so these ideas are supposed to be cultivated. They're supposed to be thrown at the world. Mm. They're supposed to be done. And I want Forbes, Essence, Time, New York Post. Mm. I want all these people to recognize that these black kids have a lot of creativity and there's going to be just another wave that's coming. Definitely. You know what I mean? Now, from the outside looking in, it looks like you got it all together. It looks of course. Like you, it looks like you're pretty successful. You got Duce Palooza, yeah. Beats One. You got Trap Karaoke. What's your favorite failure? Oh, my favorite failure. Um, Failure. That's a good fuck. My favorite failure. I might have to use that question when I do a scare podcast. <laughs> That's a good and I'm gonna shout you out every time I ask that question. <laughs> Damn, I don't I don't know. I don't really know my my I've I've had failures. I've had I guess my favorite failure is not reinventing you heard that new. Mm-hmm. Because I would have been trying to keep up. And I'm glad I didn't. You're glad you didn't. I'm gl- I'm glad I didn't try to keep up, but I'm glad I let it die. I'm 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 mad I let it die. Mm. If that makes were sense. Were you scared that you were gonna get lost in that sea of yes. just like okay. Yes. Yes. And the fear sometimes will, will will keep me from being creative and trying to pursue other things or whatever. Like that fear is a big, big thing with me. Because mm. I don't wanna be embarrassed, I don't wanna look bad, I don't wanna look corny. Mm. So the fear will always like pull me back, like, nah, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So like me being on stage has kind of eclipsed that fear. Mm. I'm still like scared when I get on stage. I'm still nervous. Yeah. But my fear before like the stage thing would be like I don't want to do it because I I know I you just psych yourself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you heard I I psyched myself out when you heard that now. And it's like the first time I'm actually like saying it or like actually like hearing yourself you hear myself like, say it yeah, because yeah, I always thought about thought it. it. Yeah. Yeah, I psyched myself out when you heard that now. Like I was like, "Nah, we don't we're done. We don't need to do that no more." Hmm. Okay. And you know, I, 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 
because I still have a lot to offer. But I, but on the on the on the flip side, it's just like we 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 did twelve. We did twelve years of this, mm-hmm. and the, and the consumption of music, the consumption of information, the consumption of content is way different than what we was doing mm-hmm. because our phones weren't that. They weren't that prevalent. Yeah, they weren't that prevalent. They weren't that. We got sidekicks or something. Yeah, like it was so hard to reach it. Now I can, I could go to ten different sites while like while I'm talking to you. World is in your palm, like exactly. Like back then, it was just like it took a minute to to load the site up and this and the third, and you had to make your site site friend or or mobile friendly. Mm. Now all that shit is automatic. Mm. So we were fighting against a big, big wall when Mm. we were creating our shit. You know what I mean? Like when we when I created the website. We had to update WordPress constantly and trying to make yeah, sure this man. shit was mobile friendly. And if it yeah. wasn't, and then that shit was, you know what I mean? But now the consumption of the information and the fact that you have to have that shit updated all, all the, the time. Fucking you got to you gotta be on top of everything. I can't. Like, I can't that's I can't, a fucking full-time job. Bro, I can't. Li- if I'm going to put that much energy into it, bro, I mm. need I need, I need, need that, em- that employee. That, yeah, need. I need that. In- and I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. I can't do it. And I know I can't. I'm not even going to try to act like I can. Like, 10 albums will come out. Or mm-hmm. 6 9 just dropped his album yesterday. Where it leaked. Well, no, they officially put it on Apple Music. Official, because it leaked. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. exactly. But it's just like that, those type of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm running around too much. And I'm I'm going to Chicago tomorrow. I got to go to D.C. next weekend. And mm-hmm. this, that, and the third. So it's just like, nah, I can't. I, and I enjoy being on the road anyway, so it's like I'm glad you heard that new die, but that was my favorite failure because of those reasons. Do you think you'll ever bring it back? Like, is is there a world where Duce Palooza slows down, trap karaoke ain't getting as many dates, and you just looking for something to do? Like, yo, I got this idea, but I don't know. I want to give it to this person. Like, I want to. The world, have it like myself. those worlds, those the Duce Palooza worlds and the trap karaoke worlds. They're not gonna slow down. I'm not gonna slow down. I mean, but, like, no, like, no, I know, know what you mean. Yeah, I know yeah. they're not gonna slow down. The faces will change. Mm. Okay. Right. I know my face is gonna change pretty soon because I'm 36. Mm. Now it's about time we start worrying about our health. Mm. I mean, you should have been. You always should always yeah, yeah, yeah. But you look at things like, all right, are we gonna run on stage and pour liquor down people's throats and drink <laughs> till we till we 40? I mean, you can. I mean, you can. You I mean, can. You can. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can do anything you want, but you know, realistically, mm. where do we see ourselves? Obviously, I'm gonna still be a big component in the Duce Pools of Brand because I'm one of the shareholders. Right. But Chris Styles is ten years younger than me. Mm. It's about time this nigga is a prime time player. Steps up and yeah, you know, and maybe we bring someone else in, or we may let him carry the torch. Mm. But. You know, I have to realize that in order for this thing to keep going, the guard has to change, and you can't be afraid to let niggas step into place mm-hmm. and lead the fucking flag. Like that's a lot of a lot of the OGs or a lot of older people are afraid to let things go because what's next, or what am I going to do next, or what are people going to know me a for lot of next? Are scared of the future, where it's like, yeah, yo. you got to have that conversation. I'm talking about two years down the line for me right now, so that's why mm-hmm. I started the podcast, where it's like, oh, we got to get right. into a different field of things. Mm-hmm. And we got to be in a different light. We got to be looked at differently. Not to say being on stage is, is wrong or bad or whatever, but mm. age association compared with activity association, those worlds are, you look at those worlds like they the age thing is a very big thing. Mm. How old you are, they criticize by what you're doing. I mean, but should you give a fuck? 
I'm giving a fuck for myself also. Okay. I'm giving a fuck for myself. I want to progress in my career. Mm-hmm. I want to be known for other things as well. Rather than liquor and, yeah, okay. Right now it's fun. Yeah, right now it. it's fun. Right now it's great. Like, you know. But you got to, you got to, you just have to think, you got to think forward. You got to. And instead of waking up one day, you 39, 40, mm. it's like, damn, what the fuck, what happened? Where, where did those last three years go? So now mm. I'm, I'm having these conversations with myself. It's like, all right, what are we going to build out? Mm. What are we going to, what are we, we going to own? Mm. Like, where are we going to go? Where, where's Nile Ivy going to go? Right. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's, and that's sometimes an awkward and uncomfortable conversation to have with yourself, but mm. that's needed. And, and I have no problem understanding and acknowledging that's needed. Hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So that's that's where I'm at right now. And that's what I'm thinking about right now. But next next year and a half, yes, you can see me on them stages. Mm-hmm. I'll be there. Okay. I'll be right there. Now, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. what do you wish you did more and less of? I wish I did less worrying. Mm-hmm. I wish I did a lot less worrying. I wish I did more of going out. Not drinking. <laughs> no, not that. Not that. I right. wish I did more of going out and understanding people. Okay. I wish I did more I wish I did more research and reading. I mean you got time to do that. I mean you do. Yeah, but But yeah. when you if if I'm if we're talking like twenty six, twenty seven, yeah. And the information that is at the fucking tip of your fingers. Mm. I wish I did a lot more of that. And my mother always says, like, you got you to gotta read more. You got to read more. You got to read more. And I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, just floating through life. Mm. I wish I did a lot, much, a lot less worrying. I still do. Mm. But I, I think still, we all do. Yeah. But I, 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 I wish I, I put a little bit more effort into just this, just this, this thing, that, mm. this culture. I wish I'd have put a little bit more effort. Okay. Now, you mentioned your mom. Yeah. And... What I see on social media, you got a real great relationship with your mother. Where like y'all drink together, y'all text all the time. Yeah, she yeah, tells yeah. you you're doing a good job. Yeah. Now, do you ever look for validation from your parents, or you just like all day? Okay. All day. As as, as like a grown man, you just still look for like. I still get scared when my cool. dad calls me. Yeah. I still get. A fr- I'm 36 years old. I still get scared when my father calls me. Like they're the most. I mean, but did they hear you on the? Horrible Decisions podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> There's certain things they just can't deal. They can't comment on. Like I'm a, right. I'm a grown man. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. It's just, it's, it's gonna I mean, be. They can comment, but they don't. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Like, like hey, it is what it baby is. Because because you're like the youngest, right? I'm the youngest out of four. Nigga, what you always my baby? Fuck yeah, that. yeah no, <laughs> like, yo, listen, I get it. My mom, like, you never want to disappoint them, and you never want to make. That's why I never ever did reality TV. Mm. That's why I don't never really say a lot. I don't say too much on social media because they're both privy on how to access how to, it, like, and read it. And I don't ever want to be, and not to say anyone who does reality TV is an embarrassment to their parents or their family or whatever. Eh. So yeah, well, some, eh. of them, but I'm not judge or jury, so we're not gonna eh. get to that. Okay, but <laughs> when you're a public figure, like when you're a real public figure, mm. things come up. Yeah, yeah. Skeletons are pulled out. People start spreading lies. People start researching anything is researchable nowadays mm. people looking up history people looking up to your past i don't want that for my family and not to say my family has a dark past or anything mm. i don't want people knowing what i show on social media is enough right okay what i show is enough i don't need my mom's picture popping up on <laughs> twitter <laughs> yeah i don't need my dad's history pop or whatever 
Or yeah, my sister, they, I don't need none of that. No. Delving into shit is like, yeah, like, nah, and they, that's they, now. They a part of this. So now that's when I have to go in, and I'm not the, the, the most dangerous guy, but like mm-hmm. now I have to start finding niggas and, yeah. yo, we gotta, now so we gotta, this is a thing now. Sometimes you gotta smack niggas and pull up, you know? Cause like, cause if I if I do shit like that, like now I'm not thinking of repercussions. Like now you're violating. I don't. You can violate me. I mean, yeah. You can't violate. But you, my family, that my, had, don't. Had yeah, my family got shit. nothing to do with this shit. Exactly. So if it goes to that point, then it's like, yo, fuck this trap karaoke shit. Fuck this Duce Palooza shit. Mm-hmm. I'm calling up the niggas that I do know that can handle this shit, and we're gonna get it done. And Kim gonna come out of nowhere and beeline. You're like, yo, what the fuck <laughs> is you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, but it's like I don't. That's not. I'm. That's not me. I don't want to do that. So I don't want people to touch them or bother them or. So like I said, what I show of them is is what you what you're gonna know. Unless you know me and know my family, that's all you need to know about that. That's the, the most you're gonna get. Yeah, that's all you're gonna get. So no no reality, none of that. Nah, can't do it. Okay. Now and I've been offered too, but can't do it. Now okay, so for what though? For like loving hip hop or yeah. like? Mm, okay. Not not I'm sorry, not loving hip hop. Remember that show where they had the 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 four women. Oh, with Angela Yee was on that shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got yeah, yeah. I got offered a storyline with a particular female on that you show. You was going to be fucking one of them or something? Like, you supposed she, to be dating Mona, Mona was trying to make the storyline that I was fucking with her. With, mm. with her. It was probably the fat one, wasn't it? No. Oh, no? Okay. <laughs> well, no. I can imagine you with a big girl, like, just... What? Yeah, I mean, like... Not you, that there's anything wrong with... No. Nah, but, you know, I just... Like, from what I remember of that show, it seemed like she was the one having the most dating issues. Who was that? Um, she used to roll with Angela Yee, yeah, uh, Angela Yee a lot. Um, I forgot her name. I think she was Spanish. I think she was. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember either. But whatever. So, um, now, what's your definition of of success, and what you think the biggest misconception of <sighs> it is? Definition of success. There, I honestly believe there is no definitive definition of success because we all look at success differently like some people can look at the niggas that are around you are successful mm. some people will look at if your parents have got to work another day in their life that's successful mm. some people can look at if you have automatic bill payments that's successful <laughs> right <laughs> like, i mean <laughs> it, it's a but it's a bit it's a it's a it's a part of each of those things like I don't know. Like you, you can never obtain the uh, the ultimate level of success, mm. but it it's just defi- it, de- it it depends on what you define it as. Mm. I just want to. I don't think there is a definition of success. Okay. I don't. I I literally don't. Like you can have the greatest job that pays a lot of money, but what is your? How's your family doing? Mm-hmm. Well, what is the how are, are your friends cool? Are your friends good? Mm. Or if your friends are good, what's your finances looking like? Right. Or if you're rich, do you are you married? Mm-hmm. Or if you're married with two beautiful children in the white picket fence, are you happy at your job? But you, that, did you see where I'm going? Like, yeah, but that sounds like outside misconceptions. I feel like success would be like to you. All right, so let me ask you: What do you think the definition of success is? To you, not to to the to, yeah. to the outside world, but to you. I think it would be how I feel about myself when I'm by myself. I can respect that. So it's like nobody's gassing me. I'm not looking at the awards. I'm just reflecting on what I've done, the people I've talked to, just what I've done with my life. Am I happy with what I've done? In my, but yeah, in is my that life? success or is that happiness? I mean, 
it's kind of, it kind of go goes hand in hand. Right, they kind of thread can, the same needle. Yeah, I can I can say like, yo, I feel successful. It might not be that to, that to the outside but world, but that, to that, me, that, I feel like yo. But that's what I'm saying. The definition I, is yeah. very different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So you can you can feel successful, mm-hmm. but to the standards of another person, you're like, oh, you just yeah, you just a regular Joe Schmo. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, everyone looks at it. It's a it's a it's a different compartment of everything, but everyone looks at it very differently. Mm-hmm. And I think where we go wrong as a as a culture is we measure our successes through other people's glasses. I, that's a big thing with social media, though, because we look at yeah. social media and we look at and we we are probably doing the same thing. So we both start at the starting point mm-hmm. and then we see somebody just get this boost and they're just going. And I'm mm-hmm. still here. Mm-hmm. And it just it makes you feel like it makes you feel inferior. What the fuck am I not mm-hmm. doing? So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now what do you what advice would you give to someone that's like trying to break into the industry that you're in? Because it's a bunch of young niggas out here that have the creativity, they have the drive, but they just don't know how to fucking do it. Outside your friends, no one loves you. Fuck. Outside your friends and your family, no one loves you. And that's Fuck. the that's the God honest <laughs> truth. That's the God honest truth. And it's no slight to any business partner, any brand, anybody that I've been affiliated with or worked with. But we, you're 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 giving, you're giving a product, or you're giving something that's not, it's that's not involved in the industry. Like people come to us because they can't find it anywhere else. Mm. But if they, as soon as they find it somewhere else, they go to the and they find a, a upgraded version, mm. then they're out. And that's anything. That's anything. That's business. That's politics. That's religion. That's school. That's mm. education. That's anything. That's so. It's not just here. Yeah. That's anything. As soon as they find something better, they're out. Mm. That's not love. That's what can you do for me, and how long can you do it? And mm. until you can't do it, I'm gonna find yeah. someone else who can do it better. Right. So outside of your family and your friends, that's my advice to all these niggas. No one loves you. And the better you understand, the earlier you understand that, the better you can maneuver. And it's not personal. No one has a personal vendetta against you unless you did some fucked up shit to people. It's just niggas got to pay their bills. Niggas got to meet their quotes. Niggas got to hit their numbers. This is a numbers game. So no matter how many people smile in your face oh, and act no. like they're friends and no, no, no. I love no. what you're doing. Like no. Every, no, no. Everyone is competition, basically. Everybody. Everybody. And when I got laid off at BET, my phone stopped ringing. Because you couldn't do shit for niggas. Couldn't do nothing for you. Couldn't do it. Because I didn't have access. I didn't have anything. I didn't have validity. I got laid off and no one wanted to talk. That's the crazy shit because I've been following you for a while. Like, I've been following you since, like, the jump off, right? Mm -hmm. And you always struck me as a nigga that, like, knew a lot, but nobody would place you in those certain predicaments. Because I wouldn't play the game. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't want to play the game. That's why I got laid off at BET. Well, laid off. I believe I got fired, but I didn't want to play the game. Okay. I just didn't like, if I didn't fuck with it or if I didn't like it, no. If I played the game, mm. if I shucked and jived, yeah, I'd be in a different position. I didn't want to play the game. But how much is how much of the industry is playing the game and how much is? Sucking niggas ass, kissing yeah. niggas ring. So is everyone doing that shit? Trying to. A lot, so, of people, a lot of people are trying to. So the people that, that have been around for like the two, five years, ten years, they're all just. I can't speak to what 
everyone is doing, and I'm not going to because I don't want niggas to get offended. Allegedly. But a lot of this shit, a lot of what I see is you kiss niggas' feet, niggas give you a little. You rub niggas' back, niggas give you a little. Like, you can't have an opinion in this game anymore. And when you do have an opinion, you get blackballed. And when you get blackballed, you miss out on opportunities. Mm. And you miss out on opportunities, you miss waves. And you get left behind. And you get you have to struggle. And you have mm. to claw your way back in. I'm not saying... But then the other side of it is you can go balls to the wall and say the most ignorant shit and just mm. get in through that way. Mm. I'm not trying to do that because I don't have time to deal with niggas online all day. And I don't have time to be watching over my back because I said I don't like someone's album or I think the niggas, this nigga's single suck. I'm just not in that position to not give a fuck. Mm. I like what I do. I enjoy what I do. So how do you get the Beats 1? Ebro came and got me. Knowing that you just a no nonsense, no bullshit nigga. Ebro came and got me. Ebro was like, I got something better for you. Okay. Just sit tight. And he came and got me, and, and the rest was history. That's literally the, the, the short version of it. I mean, I, you know, I auditioned and mm. did all that shit, and I handled my business. But I made a call to Ebro because I wanted to do overnights at High 97. I made, like, an audio audio reel, and I was like, here, like, you know, I'll do overnights. I'll start from the bottom. Like, I just need to be in the radio. I need mm. to be in radio. And he was like, No. I got something way better for you. Just sit tight. Give me a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was out eating dinner one night, and he called me with one of the head honchos on, on three-way, and homeboy interviewed me on the spot. Like, so you low-key, and why why should we bring you in? And what, what you know, what do you do in the city? And what's the most popular place to be at? And, you know, challenging me. Mm. Ebro was on the line, and I, you know, I handled, and I was drunk, too. I never told, <laughs> I never told, I never told anybody, <laughs> I never told anybody that. Yeah. Cause I wasn't expecting to call, so I yeah, was out yeah. eating dinner with my homegirl, and like, chilling, yeah, yeah, and he calls me, and I immediately go into go mode, but I'm still like, y'all hate that when you drunk and you gotta act sober. Like shit. <laughs> that shit is the worst. But I was talking my shit, but I was, it, yeah. I wasn't slurring, like you know, uh, yeah, yeah. no, nah, I got, I you know, I snapped into it, but I was, you know, a little bit more free flowing with it, and sure enough, a couple days later, they called me back, and it was like, all right, we're gonna call you every Monday for a couple weeks, and we're gonna do these, you know on FaceTime auditions and shit, did like maybe three or four weeks. And at the fifth week, I was like, yo, I'm, pre- I'm still pretty nervous. And the guy was, his name is Chad. Shout out to Chad. He was like, why are you nervous? You got the job. And I'm like, y'all niggas was going to tell me I got the <laughs> job? Real, like, I'm just like doing auditions on FaceTime. He was like, nah, you got the job. Mm. And the rest was history. But yeah, that's, that's Beats 1 came directly from Ebro. Ebro came and got me for that. So mm. that's why I always be in debt to him. I don't care how dumb he sound on Twitter or whatever. That's that's the big homie. Okay. All right. So how much time we got? We gotta wrap up in a little bit. So right. I want to get to the podcast real quick. So so doing a scare yeah. came off a conversation with uh Jazz Waters. Yes, yes. Right. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. So how how did that so you were gonna you were doing something for Beast One. What was it? You was No, I was still I was still regularly just doing the filling radio. Filling in for Ebro. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Feeling first time filling for Ebro. Um Anytime like I'm having a difficult time with a decision or something, I'll call Jazz and me and Jazz were talking. I said, "Yo, I don't know if I could do this. Like, this is he's the main one of the main anchors at Beats One. It's Julie, uh, Zane, and him. And mm. this is the first time I'm filling in. So I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I can do this. He's like, she's like, yo, just do it scared. Mm. And I'm like, what you mean? She's like, yo, just do it like do it like you're scared. That's when the best results are gonna come. And I'm like, all right, cool. Mm. So I do it and. <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit. Nah, well, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. 
So like the first time we do it, uh, my producer is like, "Yo, why is your hand shaking?" And I'm like, "Yo, Sash, I'm like, I'm I'm scared as Bitch, fuck." Bitch, I'm nervous. Yeah, like I'm like, Sash, I'm scared. Sash, I'm scared as fuck. She was like, "All right, hold on, sit tight for a minute." So she goes downstairs. <laughs> And gets a shot of 1942. <laughs> oh, tequila. Yeah. She was like, take this and get right. Take this. Chill the fuck out. Yeah, chill the fuck out. Um, and I did it. And I, you know, at the time it was pre-recorded, so I wasn't, you know, wasn't that big of a deal, but I was right. still, you know, scared because I'm like, fuck, like this is Ebro. And like I've looked up to him. Mm. So I did it and I and I killed it. And ever since that point, I'm like, that's what that means. Like you gotta that was a moment in my career where I didn't know if I was gonna figure this out, but mm. I did. You know what I'm saying? So there are I mean, there are tons of stories like that. Mm-hmm. There are tons of stories where you go into an arena, or you go into an interview, or you go into a job, or you go into a, a you know a project, not knowing how what the in you know the outcome is going to be like. And I know a lot of my friends have those stories. Ebro's had that story. Scotty's told me. Scotty Bean told me her story. Karen told me a very personal story. Mm. About being scared and this, that, and the third. And Cam, you know, told me his story. And yeah, I checked out most episodes. Not yeah. all of them. I'm trying to get through them. Yeah. Um, season two is coming back pretty soon. But okay, that's where that comes from. And we're we're all scared. I don't care how big of a figure you are. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how many awards you got. You're still scared when you go into certain projects and hit certain stages and mm-hmm. do certain things. Like you're scared. Like that's that's human nature. Right. That, that's not that, that that never leaves your body. I'm I'm scared every time I hit a stage. Mm. I'm nervous every time I hit a stage. Do you do you drink beforehand? Yes. Or just like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got, you got to yes, I have to. Somehow. I have to. I got to somehow. I have to. Um, so yeah. we got to wrap up, of course, in a little bit. So um, low key, mm. what's the What's the what's 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 the key to you being humble? What's the key to your success? What's the key to your motivation? Like, what are some of the keys or a key that you can? My give family somebody? is the key to that shit. Okay. My family is the key to me being very humble, very grateful, um, the humility. Mm. Because there was a time in my life where I got evicted from my apartment. At the time of my life, my girlfriend dumped me because I worked at a hotel. Mm. It was a time in my life where me and my mother weren't speaking because of bullshit. It was a time in my life where none of this was here. Mm. Living on my sister's couch for five years. Because um, I couldn't afford to live in my apartment. Cause mm. I got laid off at BET. Going through all those experiences, but still having that support system of Raymond, Nikki, and Sydney, and Taylor, my niece. And then the outside support system of Cam, Kaz, Niles. Niles one of my best friends, like my brother. Mm. Della, Rock, um, Jazz, Nicole. Like, these are the people that ground me. Um, this could end tonight. Mm. This could end tomorrow. Um, that's what keeps me, like, there have been times where I just didn't have a dollar to rub, I didn't have a nickel to rub. I didn't have two nickels to rub together. Mm. Times where I had to sneak onto the bus or hop a subway. Mm. So I don't care who praises me. I don't care who shakes my hand. I don't care what project I'm on. I don't care what stage I'm on. I don't care what city I'm in. Like This all could go tomorrow. And niggas would not give a fuck. Not like your friends, but like... Yeah, but like, you know... The- 
Niggas not Everybody gonna give a fuck. Yeah, niggas not gonna give a fuck. Mm. Yo, do say plus is lit. Yo, proud of you. This and the third trap carry. Yo, yo, you out here. Da da da. Mm. As soon as you can't do something for niggas, it's over. Niggas over. So that that keeps me on my fucking toes. Right. That that keeps me humble. Humble as fuck. That keeps me humble as fuck because if you can't do nothing for niggas, niggas don't want to be yo. That's if you that's can't be that's, used, you're that's useless. what I'm saying. That's why I told you <laughs> with the niggas that are coming in, like they don't. No one loves you, bro. Mm. No one loves you. And it and that's the honest truth. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm telling you about my experience. And mm-hmm. it, I'm not. I know I ain't a bad person. Yeah, yeah. I know I ain't a dickhead or whatever. I know I'm not that. I don't swing my dick around when you know, trap karaoke comes to New York and Duce comes to New York. Like I appreciate everybody who buys their tickets. We appreciate everybody who comes to support. We appreciate all that shit. We always will. Mm-hmm. I don't care if, if Jay Z comes and we are. Yes, we are aligned with Rock Nation. Yes, we are aligned with you know the big dogs, but. They can let us go tomorrow. Mm. All this shit can end tomorrow. So I, if if you are looking to understand what this shit is about, no one fucking loves you. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Just keep working. Keep working at what you do. But know that there's someone on your heels. Mm. And if once and once that person knows how to do your job better than you, mm. someone's going to find out. And mm. come and get them. Fucking out of and here. that's it. That's yo, bro. That's that's all this industry is about. Mm. What can you do for me? And if you can't do nothing for me, who can do it for me? Mm. And who is that person? If they can do it better, come on, buddy. Yeah. Gotta check, <laughs> gotta check for you. Right. <laughs> now, now real quick, how, yeah. how'd you get the name low key? Got the name low key because I used to wear keys around my neck, right? So I used to call myself Keys because mm. I had keys for my dorm room. And then I was a producer, I was the beat maker, but I couldn't play the piano. So I called myself Keys for okay. those two reasons. <laughs> okay. Then, <laughs> then because I was leaking music, okay. I didn't want people to know who I was. Okay. So I took the Z off, added the low, mm. low key. Low key. But then I, that stuck with me throughout the industry, but I came to, I became the most loudest nigga in the industry because I was uh-huh. leaking music and I had a loud ass mo- mouth on Twitter mm. and I was everywhere. I was drinking, I was fucking with bitches and this, that, and the third. Like, niggas call you low key, but you you everywhere. Yeah, you high key, everywhere. So <laughs> I took the key off and now it's just low. Right. Okay. So that's the name. That's how I got my name. All right. Now, um, like, being it, like I said, being it as a nigga that's followed you for yeah. a while. It's crazy to actually like sit down with you and actually talk to you <laughs> yeah. and like watch your ascension from like, like I said, I saw you on the jump off. And yeah, now you just doing all this other shit. You on Beats One. And you just like from a nigga that like I don't know you. Yeah, I'm proud of you, my nigga. Like, I appreciate just that, from bro. A nigga that's been looking at your journey for like years and years. But I see, just, and that's yeah. like those are the keys. Like those. That's the, when you ask about the keys of like success, whatever. Like it's appreciating the niggas that recognize what you do. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? And like. You got niggas that be like that, yeah, I'm on Apple Music or I host this and host that. Mm. And like they may have an attitude. And I'm not talking to anybody in particular. I'm just saying like that's like when you're successful. Mm. Let me just phrase it like that. When you're successful, there's certain things you won't do. Mm-hmm. So like those things is like you got to like still remember that there are niggas that have been following you and that are following your path and that are doing things that you did. Mm. And you got to recognize like, oh, that was once me. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? That was once what I was doing, trying to get the niggas that I follow, that I fuck with, to come and tell their story and to respect them. But it's like a lot of people sometimes are like, I'm too big for that, or I don't need to be doing that. Right. Like, nah, we gotta we gotta come back and help niggas out. Like, yo, all yeah. right, Kate, cool. What you need? Like, I'm I'm here. Mm. I live in the city. Like, why why would I not? So I'm like, all right, yeah, let's let's have a and like these conversations are needed. Like niggas need to 
have these honest, transparent, therapeutic conversations. Mm. Everything going to be about turn up and what happened with Takashi. Yeah, like everybody don't get we, yeah, Yo, yeah. We, we talk. Let Ebro and them do that. That's, yeah. that's, 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 that's what that's they get them. paid for. We got to have man-to-man conversations like, yo, what you think success is? Or, yo, like, what's your 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 favorite failure? That's a, that's a, I haven't heard a question like that in a minute. See, that's what I was aiming for. I, I appreciate that. that. No, and like, and gee, like, I love to ask questions. I love to, because I love to do the interview shit. And that's mm. what I'm trying to go next after this hosting, after mm. this, like, on stage shit. But that's a fucking question. Mm. And I almost don't even want to use it. <laughs> On my shit because it's like, nah, that's that's his shit. Like, nah, yo, just shout me out. Yo, that's a dime, bro. Just shout me out. That's all nah, I ask, bro. Like, that's, and I'm mad I didn't even come up with that. That's how mm. good it is. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to go on record. I'm not going to use that question. All right. I'm not going to. That's not what, that's not what niggas, I'm not OG, but like, that's not, yeah. we don't do that. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a question. I'm not going to even do that because you're going to get some answers out of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's awesome, a man. fucking question, bro. Word. So plug your shit, man. So where can people find you on like the Instagram and the Twitters? Your Twitter, tw- tickets and Twitter and Instagram is is all the same. Low key UHTN. If you um, we got three more dates for Trap Karaoke. We got Chicago on Friday, uh, Riley on Saturday, and then DC on December eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, just depending on when you put this out. Um, Next Wednesday, huh? Next Wednesday. So then, all right. So then they can come to the DC one December eighth. And then uh, Duce Palooza, December 22nd, the last one. We're wrapping up for the year. Tickets probably sold out by the time you hear this. If they not, cool. But if they are, it's your fault <laughs> I'm for I'm pretty not. fucking sure. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean, Niggas they, get paid on Friday, nah, yeah, they, they might be. They might be. You know. You know, but you know niggas wait till the last fucking minute, and it's all that other bullshit. Trust me, I already me, got do. my shit. I'm in there. Good. Um, And I'll make sure I get you a bottle, too. Appreciate uh, it. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Gotta, give, gotta throw niggas some love. Appreciate but yeah. Uh, low-key UHCN on Twitter and Instagram. Look out for season two of Do It Scared coming probably end of December, early January. I might throw one more episode out before the new year. Um, and, yeah, I, you, know, I, you know, I appreciate this, bro. Yeah. I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate, appreciate the Jameson, for one. No problem, yo. Uh, I ain't even asked for that. So that's when I walked yeah. in. I'm like, oh, this is Doing my research. I'll I be, I be knowing shit. Yeah, see? And that's why I said, listen, that favorite failure question, bro, if you ever hear me ask that, you can run up on me and just shoot. <laughs> you got 30 seconds to shoot the fair one. Got you. You feel me? Um, but no, nah, I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you, man. And anything I can do to help you with your brand, and if I can plug it, you know, obviously I promote this episode when it comes out, but, you know, I'm a, I'm We'll a, talk. We'll talk. Yeah, definitely. yeah. But, I'll, you know, I'll pull back. But, you know, I appreciate you, bro. Got you. I appreciate you. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it. So, um, one thing's for certain. We too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes. I go by the name of Domino. That's low key. Yo. And we out of here. My J. Domino, motherfucker, what's happening? C'est tout ce qu'on a.